Hi there. You're listening to the first ever podcast coming from the digital coaches of the Denver Public Schools MyTech program. If you're wondering what a MyTech is, well, it's the name of DPS's one-to-one Chromebook program for students at 14 middle and high schools. We're in year one of a three-year mission to get technology in the hands of every student. And if you're wondering what a digital coach is, we'll explain that too. Digital coaches connect the potential of education technology to the reality of the classroom so that all DPS students have both the access and the opportunity to use technology meaningfully. Digital coaches support each of the 14 MyTech schools and they have a simple yet critical role to support teachers in leveraging technology to impact instruction. And that's why we're making this podcast, to tell the stories of transformational instruction happening right now in our MyTech schools. My name is Steve Holtz-Russell and I'm the lead digital coach for the program and the host of this podcast. I'm here with Mattia Garcia, digital coach for North High School. Mattia, welcome to the first show. How's it going? It's going really great. I really love the way that I get to support teachers and students at North High School and just some of the great things that are going on in the classrooms there. Yeah. Are you excited for semester two? I'm super excited because I think semester one, we had a lot of different new tools and programs that we were learning. And now that we've got a lot of those under our belts, it's going to be less about just using the basics of the tool and how do we really push ourselves to use them in more sophisticated ways. Uh, So... uh, one of the reasons I asked you to be a part of this, you know, this inaugural uh, podcast was because of a really cool project that you uh, were working on with some math teachers at uh, at North. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about like what did it, what does it mean to be a digital coach? Yeah. Uh, and so why why would aside from the fact that you love math uh, and like could talk about math all day based on prior conversations that you and I have had, uh, what why are you working with these particular teachers? Yeah, so in my role as a digital coach, it's it's really nice because what I get to do is just engage in these really intimate, is might be a word, like these, these personalized coaching conversations that really focus on what the teachers want to achieve. And so with all of this new technology, it can feel really overwhelming as a teacher to not have someone to just talk to. Sometimes it's bouncing ideas off of me like a teacher will do. We'll sit down and we'll just get a lesson plan going together. Sometimes it really is like that tech support, you know, where they're trying to learn a new tool um, and figure out how they're going to use that with their students. So there's a wide range of the kinds of coaching that I do, but the really cool and nice thing is that the teacher can really customize what that experience looks like for them. So they're getting the exact support that they need at the time that they need it. And it's so satisfying to be able to provide that support to teachers because I I know how much technology can enhance what we can do for students. And it's just, it's nice to be part of that journey with them as they figure out all of the things that we can do to make everything better for students and prepare them for the real world. This project deals with the quadratic formula. What is the quadratic formula and why does it matter? So quadratics are a specific kind of function that we teach in math that have a specific shape called a parabola. Now it's super useful because it models a lot of different things like projectile motion and some of those other pieces that are more kind of tangible for the real world. What the quadratic formula lets you do is it lets you find those points on the graph that are intersecting some things that might be useful for solutions, such as when an object hits the ground or maybe the point where an object is leaving from. So it's it's a really crucial part of the graph and it's important that we're able to find exactly where that is. Now, there's lots of different ways for finding that, but the quadratic formula is just a tried and true method to always finding exactly what those points are. 
So what you said sounds much more interesting than what I remember as a as a high school math student. I, I literally remember there's like a plus and a minus and a B and a square root. Yeah. And maybe a couple other letters and uh, and that I had to memorize it at some point. But beyond that, I don't know that I came away from my uh, high school experience knowing what its purpose was. Mm-hmm. So did that figure prominently into uh, how the math teachers at North approached the project? So it was definitely one of the skills that we were leading up to, but sometimes it's really hard to get the students into that without some math fluency with it first. So this idea that they feel comfortable using the formula, plugging the variables in, and feeling really confident that they can find the answer that they need each time. Okay. So now that we have some context for, for kind of the math terms, I actually want to talk a little bit about what, why, are, why are we, you and I, talking about the quadratic formula and, and math fluency? Yeah, so uh, I consider myself a recovering AP Calc teacher, and so it's really nice that I have that math background in my pocket um, as a digital coach at North, because the math department is super excited about the possibilities and things that they can do with Chromebooks and students in their classroom. So there are two specific teachers, Anna and Megan, who are like, I want to try some really cool new things. And so we've been meeting on a regular basis to try to figure out what could some of those things could look like. Uh, and in terms of the lesson, the lesson here, the quadratic formula was the next topic that they were teaching. And so we really thought about, okay, this is a concept that students need some, some good fluency on. If they can get this skill down, it's going to help them in a lot of different ways. So how do we introduce it in a way and have students practice it in a way that's going to allow them to feel successful? Great. So talk me through how, how did you develop a goal uh, with these teachers? Like, what, what was that process? What did that look like? Did they say, hey, Madia, I want, we need some help with teaching the quadratic formula. Help us. Or was it more organic than that? Like, how, how did that work? So from a couple of previous coaching conversations, they really liked working with me and bouncing ideas off of me. And so we got together in, a, in a, the same time that we normally do. And it just happened to be like, hey, here's this upcoming lesson, we're doing the quadratic formula, and I took a little bit different angle. Instead of supporting them with some of the tools they wanted to play with, I focused on, okay, here's the quadratic formula, what are some cool things that we can do to specifically support that content? And leading, like starting the conversation with the content in mind made all the technology integration so much more intentional. So most of the beginning of our conversation actually started with, what okay we want to teach the quadratic formula what are some common misconceptions what is our students current background on that topic and what are some things we really want to be mindful of to make sure that it's a skill and a concept that they're going to remember all the way through the final in terms of in terms of working with them you know so like you shared a a document with me that that identifies uh, the goal they ended up with which was to improve understanding of and fluency with the quadratic formula through the intentional use of technology. I'm curious, uh, it sounds like it was a very collaborative experience you know, between you and, and the teachers that you were working with, uh, and also that the ways in which technology could be used was a fairly wide open discussion. How, how'd that go? Like, what, what, did, what was that collaboration like, and, and what, how did you specifically leverage technology to, to teach the quadratic formula, or help these teachers develop that, that approach? Yeah, so because the students were in Algebra 2, we knew that they had seen the quadratic formula, 
So what tends to happen is we repeat the same lesson from Algebra 1, and we know we didn't want to take that approach because if it would have worked in Algebra 1, they would still remember the quadratic formula now, and it was really clear that they hadn't. So it was really important to us to take a different approach, and one that students who were more proficient with the quadratic formula already could kind of zip through and move through at their own pace, and then students who needed more support were able to get some of those supports. So they opened the lesson, we decided that an UD puzzle would be a good way to do it. That way the students could watch it at their own pace, they could re-watch different components if they were confused, and there were built-in checks for understanding so that the teacher could monitor the progress of the students to figure out which students were feeling really good with that sense of fluency with the quadratic formula and which students were really struggling. So that's the way that they, they opened some of that. Uh, and then they also changed the way that they taught the quadratic formula in the aspect that they kept the discriminant as this separate piece when they introduced it because they knew that would be an important part for their understanding in the next lesson that we were planning. So let me pause you on discriminant because I have no idea what that means. That's, that's a great question to ask. Uh, so if you look at the quadratic formula, you've got negative b plus or minus, and then there's this square root of b squared minus 4ac, right? That b squared minus 4ac is called the discriminant, that particular expression. It's one that... So it's the chunk that is inside of the square root? Yes, it's the chunk inside the square root. Got it. So students tend to make the most mathematical errors in that part in particular. And that's why it was really important that we open the conversation with those misconceptions that students might have, because we knew that that discriminant was going to be one of the things we focused on and one of the ways we taught it differently this time around. So students got that introduction into the formula. The discriminant was an explicit focus, and it lended itself really well to a, a big class collaborative activity the next day that focused on the different things a discriminant could tell you about the solutions of a quadratic equation. Okay. So one of the other things that I saw in the documentation around this uh, project was something around like actually doing like a jigsaw with the with the formula or with like studying for it, it I didn't entirely follow so I'd actually love for you to explain that because it's it sounds really exciting I, I you know as a former teacher myself I've used jigsaw but uh, only in a language classroom or a history classroom I, I, I can't I'm having a hard time seeing how that works in math yeah so the discriminant that part that we were just talking about the follow-up lesson that the teachers did is they wanted students to be able to identify the number of solutions that it would have based upon just the discriminant. So it's, an, it's a nice handy tool to have to say like, oh, I can just look at the discriminant and tell you a lot faster whether there's one solution, two solutions, or no solutions for this quadratic equation. So we wanted students to be able to walk away understanding that, but having a teacher just say that at the front of the board felt really boring and it, it obviously didn't work in Algebra 1. Why would it work again a second time? It just seemed like a waste of time. So we used two tools that the teachers had already used before. It's not like we were asking them to come up with a new program or anything like that. We used Desmos and we used a Google Doc and we jigsawed it out so that different students were graphing different quadratic equations. So they'd calculate the discriminant and then they'd graph the equation and put it into a collaborative table. Now they could see all the graphs and the discriminants for all of the different equations that were given for the whole class. So then they could look at it for patterns. And so it was nice for the students to be able to say, 
hey, like I noticed when the discriminant is positive, we have a graph that crosses the x-axis twice or has two solutions. Or I noticed like when it's zero, man, like that vertex or the, the parabola only hits that x-axis once. Like what's that about? And then students could also see like if it was a negative value, there would be no solutions. And that is super handy because then they don't have to actually do the quadratic formula because they know it's not going to give them a real value. Am I hearing you right in that uh, because it was jigsawed and because it was jigsawed essentially electronically, you know, via Google Docs, that kids were actually able to see each other's thought processes with these um, with these docs? Yeah, and the cool thing, the even cooler thing, is that it's in real time. You're not waiting to pull the class back together in ten minutes. They can see each other's work right away, which is fantastic. So, so tell tell more. Like, I mean, I agree. That, that sounds awesome, but like. Why, why is the ability for them to see it in real time, why, why is that beneficial? So you've got, like I said before, students who are gonna work with it, at this in different paces, right? Some students are gonna feel super fluent. Some people are gonna see these patterns super quickly. So those more advanced students who might otherwise be getting distracted, have behavior issues and getting off task because they're waiting for the whole class discussion, they have an automatic extension they can do looking at the other work and coming to their own conclusions first. And then you also have those students who might not be working at that pace who still have something that they're working on and know that they're still contributing and they don't have to feel rushed because there's other work for the students to look at. That's awesome. Uh, and, and so cool that uh, you're in the role that you're in so you could help figure out like how can we actually pull technology into this process to capture, to sort of capture something that tends to be fleeting, right? Real-time processing and thinking. Uh, uh, I think a lot of different contents value thinking out loud and 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 helping people like understand like what's the process. But to be able to capture that, uh, to, for it to exist in real time, and also for it to be captured for a student to go back to it, and all of this really being possible just through the technology is just really exciting to me. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm also curious, so just switching gears a little bit, um, you're recovering AP Calc teacher, as you said, uh, but your digital coach role isn't just to work with math teachers. To, no, not at all. Like I've actually been working with a lot of, I mean, I've been working with teachers from all sorts of content areas. I co-taught a ceramics class one day, which was super fun. Uh, I've also helped teach Spanish, even though I don't speak a lick of Spanish, which was really great. Uh, and of course, like I'm supporting English and social studies teachers. So it's been really fun to learn about the content with the teachers. Like they are the content area expert, but it's really fun to give them all these ideas for how to enhance that content using technology. So with this process on this particular project, um what are the implications? Is, is this a model that you can replicate uh, or, or uh, would you take the same approach with a social studies teacher or a language arts teacher or somebody else? Yeah, for me, there's two major implications in terms of what it means for coaching. Uh, one is to start with a content focused objective and really dig down to the learning you want students to do before you even think about what the technology tools that need to be integrated should be. So really getting a clear understanding of the kinds of learning you want students to demonstrate helps all the rest of the technology pieces go so much smoother. The other implication for me is that a new tool doesn't always mean better. 
A lot of times it's just as productive, if not more productive, to use some of the same tools already in your rep repertoire in more sophisticated ways. So you saw here like Desmos has some built-in lessons, right, which are great and everything. And you've got Google Docs, which is a tried and true, true tool that a lot of teachers have used. And it was just thinking about how can we strategically combine those in a way that helps improve student learning. That's really cool. It sounds like really focusing on the content uh, instead of whatever the tool might be is is a is an approach that has been effective uh, in terms of helping support teachers at North. Yes, and I would especially like it's easy to get super excited about a tool and find a lesson to use it with, but it oftentimes feels really forced, and so. You'll probably find a time to use that tool that makes sense in the future, but to have that as your main focus and starting point tends to be less productive from my experience. Yeah, and I think in my experience with uh, with other one-to-one, -one, you know, one device per one child uh, programs I've been a part of in other districts, there is very much a focus on, we're really excited about this tool, so let's go ahead and get the device in the kid's hands so they can do the thing with this tool, and maybe not a whole maybe not as more of an in-depth holistic approach to like what is it we can do to enhance the instruction we're already doing. The, the, the assumption would be that there's great instruction going on already, so like how can we enhance that? How can we, how can we leverage the skills that teachers already have and the, that students already have uh, to, push the, to push the envelope even more? Totally, and could this activity have been done via paper? Sure. Would it have been as productive and beneficial to students? No, and so that's one of those really important distinctions that we see, right? Where, sure, you can use paper, but using technology really means doing something that is better than you can do without it. We just have a couple more minutes here, uh, but what I wanted to ask was, uh, so what, what's next with those teachers that you were working with on this particular project? What, what are they working on next, and is, is there a technology component to it? You know, Yes and no in terms of the technology component. One of the things we're focusing on the second semester is incorporating student reflection into the, their practice. So really having them look back at the work that they've done and reflect upon the things that they've learned. So um, with the SAT coming up in the spring, we're making sure that students are getting some personalized support for that. So Khan Academy has a partnership with College Board to be able to provide some of that. But the teachers feel really unsatisfied with the idea of just sticking the kids on the computer for chunks at a time. That, that doesn't feel good to them. And so we're really thinking about how can reflection and intentionality really play a larger role in this. So we're exploring some different tools to make sure students get fluency in some of those skills. But it doesn't feel like this, this activity that they just dread going to. Right, and I, I guess there would be an opportunity to uh, capture that reflection in much of the same way as they as they captured the the real time processing for the quadratic formula, is if you used a some sort of uh, discussion tool, online discussion tool, you'd be able to capture the the processing, and then it, students would be able to benefit from each other's reflections. Yeah, totally. And the other thing is to really think about how do we, sure, like provide kids with personalized learning opportunities, but not let collaboration fall to the wayside. I think it's really easy to say like, oh, if they're getting an individualized playlist, it's so much better. And really, it's not always to the student's advantage, especially for our English language learners where that conversing with their peers using academic language is so crucial. Mm -hmm. 
All right. So beyond what's next for these teachers, kind of what's next at North? What, what, are, what are some other projects you're working on with, with uh, teachers at North? So I've got a couple of teachers who are working on some bigger projects. Uh, for sure, there's an English teacher, Heidi, who is working on a huge research project for one of her college courses. And we're really excited to make sure that we have a great solid resource document that is interactive, that gives students options in terms of how they want to approach the project, but also giving them some tools to play with in terms of the products that they create. Traditionally, this was like kind of a formal presentation that they'd give in front of a panel that may or may not have an interest in their project. And so we're really making sure that we're pushing the envelope with that and encouraging students to, to think outside the box in terms of what that presentation looks like. This sounds great, Maddie. Thank you so much for uh, joining me on the uh, first ever uh, MyTech Digital Coaches podcast. We're still trying to settle on the name for this particular uh, part of the storytelling that we want to do about uh, about the program, but I'm just really excited to, to share this time with you. Thank you for sharing the story and for the the support that you're providing to teachers there at North. Oh, it's my pleasure. They're fantastic to work with, and I'm really excited to see where we'll be at even at the end of year three. Okay, uh, that's it for us here at, uh, at the podcast. Uh, you were listening to Madia Garcia. She's the uh, digital coach uh, for the MyTech program at North High School. And uh, I'm Steve Holtz-Russell. I'm the lead digital coach for the MyTech program. And thank you very much for listening. That was a that was a fairly serious podcast. And our conversations are not always serious. No, so no. It's interesting to think about it. Well, I mean, but the topic is. Yeah. Right? The topic is serious. Now, it's if we were quadratic joking. Formula. Like, <laughs> I love what? the quadratic formula. Quadratics sure are funny. <laughs>